Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It is uh, Sunday night, almost Monday morning, and uh, week 12 is almost in the books, yeah. and there were some poor performances. Our performance might have been as bad as some of the worst ones, so I don't know. If you look yeah. at Rogers, Garrett, uh, us, I'm not sure where we would fall no, in that we list. Rank, we rank poorly this week, but not below Rogers and not below Garrett. Let's, I would let's agree. Be. I'm actually really curious now. Where does sleep rank in your list of the greatest things on earth? Oh, I like a good night's sleep. It's just that the problem is a Sunday night to Monday is never good. Right. You know, because you're what you wake so you up. You might just be like, screw it. I just say like, you know, an extra. And it, it, this is probably not right. If you're a sleep scientist, let us know. But like going if I go to bed at one thirty versus one o'clock and I wake up at, you know, seven thirty like that extra hour, it's already a shit night of sleep anyway. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, whereas like this morning where I, I didn't wake up until like pretty late, uh, those are the best. And the extra half hour there, I think matters. I actually don't like sleeping in. Okay. Cause I feel like I'm wasting the day. I like staying up late. That's like my favorite time, but there you go. That's what you tune in for. All right. So here's the question. Was it a, more embarrassing and poor performance for Green Bay, LaFleur, and Rodgers, or yes. Garrett, Dak, and the Cowboys. Because Garrett and is going to get dumped on, and people are going to question whether or not he should still be the coach in Dallas. And I don't know if people are going to do that for LaFleur and Rodgers because they lost by 30 points in San Francisco to a team that everybody thinks is a juggernaut at this point. No, the, the, the most, what do people think the Patriots are? Well, I think people think the Patriots are a deeply flawed team that are going to be there at the end, no matter what. And it's just like a foregone conclusion. Cause you look at Dallas, right? You got the two tripping penalties, the one in the penultimate drive for Dallas that erased a first down. Um, you have, uh, you know, the blocked punt is kind of a random play, uh, you had the Nikhil Harry touchdown, which like, did he get his foot in or not type of thing? Mm. Like, there's a lot of things besides Garrett's decision making and his like overall inability to beat a winning team. Um, that is that the people are going to talk about before they get to Garrett. 
if you get to Sunday night football and, and, you know, we talked about our friend Ben Baldwin and, you know, his, his Rogers hatred last week. And we, we still claim that, you know, Rogers was this sort of elite quarterback. If you get to green Bay, their defense, we, we remarked during the game. I thought their defense played fine. I mean, like, yeah. you know, they, they, they got sacks. They, they stopped the run early in the game. They got pressure on Garoppolo, but eventually the thing caved in because, you know, they were on the field so long and, you know, the Niners are a good offense. Rodgers was absolutely dreadful. Um, and, and I think, again, it's hard to untangle these things because Rodgers averaged 3.2 yards per attempt from a clean pocket tonight. He, you know, and he had enough, he had 27 of his 41 dropbacks were clean. It wasn't like he was under siege the entire time. Um, he took the five sacks on the 14 dropbacks where he was pressured and averaged 2.9 yards per pass. I'm like, he, he refused to be aggressive, right? He refused to go downfield. Uh, and the times he did, it was very you know hesitant in doing so. But is that Lafleur too? Because Lafleur's calling pass plays where like Rogers immediate, like instinct is to throw the ball to the back or to throw the ball to Devonte Adams short. Like, I think like if you watch that game, like you're t- you're talking about, you're coming off of a bye. San Francisco is coming off of a of four three straight games, right? Gave up 25 points to Arizona. They lost to Seattle, and Seattle didn't play great offensively, but ultimately moved the ball enough to win the game. And then Arizona got a 16 nothing lead. Eventually lost, but still their defense didn't look great. And you come off a bye, looking like that. I think I think Green Bay deserves a Green Bay is going to get a great deal of of the especially because the game was on a, a you know primetime sort of spot even though New England's game was as well. So you're going to England. I mean, <laughs> uh, you're going uh, Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I mean the answer is Green Bay, and it's not even close. And the, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of different things, but I think the biggest one is that this shines a light on. A simple fact, which is Green Bay's offense hasn't been great this season. No, it hasn't by any stretch. They've had a couple of games that have been really good. But overall, it's been pretty darn close to the Mike McCarthy offense. And the idea that LaFleur has come in and rejuvenated this offense is is vastly overblown. And now they're tied with the Vikings. And if it weren't for luck boxing into this easy schedule because they sucked, they would be in real in real peril. The problem for Dallas and the reason that people are going to make a big deal about Jason Garrett, speaking of lack of aggressiveness, kicking a field goal to cut it from a yeah. needing a touchdown to a needing a touchdown game at the end of the game, costing his team a ton of chance of winning that game is that they had a chance to win that game. Yeah. And Green Bay didn't basically from yeah. the start. Right. So it feels worse for Dallas and Garrett because they actually got close enough to beat the Patriots and didn't. Whereas Green Bay just got kicked out of the door immediately. Well, and and it's another game for Dallas where they should have won and lost. Uh, you know, we, the Sunday Night Football about three weeks ago with Minnesota was sort of the same idea, um, you know, against the Jets was also one on the road. Um you know, against New Orleans as well on a Sunday night game. Like there have been repeated efforts for them against teams with winning records where uh, they haven't gotten the job done. Now they're sitting at six and five with a tough schedule coming up, starting with Buffalo on Thursday uh, on Thanksgiving. However, right. We talk about their schedule in relation to the Eagles all the time. 
But the Eagles are atrocious. Like they are really bad. They're really bad. And we talked about them being sort of like this this Falcon, like the new Falcons. And they were every bit the new Falcons this this game, right? Because they did fought like they stopped Russell Wilson. They anytime you can hold Russell Wilson to 17 points is a win for your defense. And like Carson and granted, you know, wide receivers were out for, for Philadelphia. And that was part, you know, if we talk about, you know, us picking games, that was something that once that became an injury, uh, it, you know, in the, you know, our, our, we went from having a pick on that game to not having one once Jeffrey was out, but it was like, you know, th- he doesn't have anybody to throw to except for Ertz. And, you know, Ertz isn't having the type of season that he had a season ago. And you look at you look at Wentz and that offensive line, they're just lost, right? Like Brandon Brooks, the best guard in the league this year, had to sit out because of an anxiety attack. Lane Johnson as well. Like that team, there's just always something with them. And that to me, it screams Falcons. So when we look in the future for Dallas, like Dallas might just win this division at eight and eight. And they get a home playoff game. They might, but they also might not. That's the thing is they have a really hard schedule and the Eagles, as bad as they are, have a ridiculously easy schedule, right? They don't play anybody until they play Dallas again. I mean, it is a joke. You want to read their schedule? It's not good. It's it's at Dolphins, home to Giants, at Washington, and then they play the Cowboys, home to Cowboys, and then they play at Giants. But again, like, yeah, okay. so that but so here's here's the thing is. Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys walked in to a beaten down Patriots team. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and I'm not making, yeah, I think I'll get back to the Eagles here in a second, but this is why it's really bad is they looked as though they were unprepared to play that game. Like they made so many mistakes. They act. The fact that it was raining was this huge deal for them. Yeah. Whereas the Patriots were prepared for it. And I know that's home field advantage, but like, how do you have all this money and you're not prepared? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are the richest franchise in the NFL and they're Dak's like trying to figure out whether he wants to wear a glove or not in the rain. They, they were totally unprepared for that game. The receivers were unprepared for that game. They made mental mistakes over and over and over again. They couldn't take advantage of the fact that Tom Brady averaged 5.8 yards from a clean pocket, which is not good. Yeah. Right. They were not. He, he looks better than what people were going to say with his elbow and all that kind of stuff. He made some solid throws. They got a lot of got dropped. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that was a prime game to win. Right. Both both NFC East teams should have beaten the Patriots in the last two weeks. And Dallas, you, you know, Buffalo at home at Chicago. Chicago is kind of that team where. I don't know. <laughs> like their defense. You know, they they're not prob- the Dolphins. Yeah, they're not the <laughs> Dolphins. Then they have Rams at home. Then at Eagles and then Washington. Like. I think eight and eight wins the NFC East and maybe like eight and eight wins the NFC East. And I don't know who gets there first, but uh, you know, the, the issue is, is I think I I do think that Dallas just had, they just run laps around Philadelphia in terms of offensive execution, right? Not offensive play calling. They're both, I think a tragedy in offensive play calling right now. Um, but offensive execution, I think Dak, you know, throwing guys at Gallup and Cooper and, and so on and so forth. So I still would take Dallas to win the NFC East, but the schedule differential is compelling. And Wentz doesn't look great. Oh, Wentz looks, he looks like he's seen ghosts. I mean, he looks like Darnold on Monday Night Football against New England. It's really bad. The Eagles never, honestly, that offense never had a shot. And the thing is, the Seahawks 
are not a good defense. It's not as though they're coming out there. Clowney was out as well. It's not like they're coming out there and just rolling out the 49ers defense by any stretch of the imagination. The so, swing pass that uh, Carson Wentz threw to Miles uh, Sanders in the red zone when he was wide open and there was LeBron no LeBron James couldn't have caught that. LeBron James. It was they have to get right really quickly. And we've given Doug Peterson a lot of praise over the years, but they simply run the football too much on early downs. They put Wentz in a tough position uh, and then Wentz hasn't executed. So do you it, think so our lock of the week was Green Bay to cover three and a half. They obviously didn't come. We close. didn't have a prayer no matter which game we picked this week. So it they, really they obviously deal. didn't come close. And our model shaded the Eagles a little bit at the beginning of the week. I actually didn't even like Green Bay at the beginning of the week. And we talked ourselves into it. The funny thing is I'm thinking back to when we did this last week. And the one game we really liked was Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and like I, our models on the other side, we didn't know what to do. Buffalo was Buffalo or uh, D- Denver was the pick of a lot of people going into this weekend. And so our model, them were all wrong. Our intuition on, on Sunday night was correct, which was that Buffalo was the side. Um, that game got all the way down to three and a half, even by the time it closed. So sort of stuff. So I do think we're a little jaded by the fact that we, that these teams let us down, but I, I almost think we should be harsher on Green Bay than we will be. I don't it seemed because they're still eight and three, they still have this easy schedule. They didn't play with any urgency. The the Cowboys may have not looked ready to play football, but there was some urgency there. They were trying to win the football game the The, whole time. The Packers were just like not trying to win the football game. Like, I don't know if Matt LaFleur didn't pass math class, but not understanding that you need to score three touchdowns without the other team scoring, which is unlikely given their history in like 15 minutes and running the the play clock down every time and then running the ball yeah. and and Rogers just not throwing the ball downfield. And if he did, he was making sure it wouldn't get intercepted because heaven forbid I throw an interception like that's embarrassing. And so there were no excuses for Green Bay to play the way they did tonight. Whereas when you look at Dallas, there were plenty of excuses, the weather, the fact that New England like does all you know practices in that weather, et cetera. Green Bay, you came off a of bye. You should have absolutely no excuse. And they played extremely poorly there. So unfortunately, I mean, this is crazy. Aaron Rodgers completed zero throws, 10 plus yards downfield. Zero. Yeah. Not one. Well, when we were talking because like it's not like it's not like Kyler Murray couldn't do that. I grew up rooting against the Packers. Right. And I told you, I was like all these years of me being terrified of Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, I told you, I'm like, if this gets to a third down, I have zero faith that he's going to be able to complete a pass, like zero faith that he's going to uh, pick up this first down. And that was the entire night The the Packers, I don't think converted a third down until the fourth quarter. If they did at all, uh, we started prepping you know, by that time. So, um, yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, the other one, you know, that that I, you know, was kind of an interesting game among these teams that should be considered the best in the NFL, New Orleans multiple double touchdown leads today ended up losing them. Um, but then ended up, I think being lucky to win the football game because of the, the short missed field goal by Carolina. Does that affect your view of them as the premier team in the NFC right now? Well, I, I am curious about this because there's, there are these really good teams and it's like all of them have a deficiency and week to week, like some of them show up more than others. So if we look at, 
San Francisco, New England, New Orleans. Um, they all win today. San Francisco in resounding fashion. New England kind of squeaks one out. New Orleans offense looks dominant at times, but then as does their defense, but then all of a sudden, you know, just kind of falls apart at the end and almost loses. Right. And I don't know what the bigger like Achilles heel is that we should be most worried about because each of them has one clearly. And I think it's kind of it's kind of tricky. Yeah, I, I don't think the Achilles heel for Carolina is all that sustainable, right? They had Carolina. A, sorry, uh, uh, New Orleans against yeah. Carolina. They had uh, a kind of a be like a bad penalty on Cameron Jordan that extended a drive when they were ahead right. by it's true by a decent amount. That they had was ridiculous. Yeah, they had I believe a, a pretty bad pass interference penalty that got the ball down to the one yard line. Uh, I believe at the end of the half, and then. They got the, you know, they basically, they had one play away from ending the half with no score against them. Again, they, they got multiple two score leads twice, right? They started off 14, nothing. They got caught at halftime and then got another 13 point lead later on. So I don't, I don't see that as a huge deal. Breeze's arm strength was an issue a couple times on throws. You know, we remarked, you know, if he had went t- down the left that should have Ted Ginn should have came back for, but also Ted Ginn should have just caught a pass. Yeah. yeah. Like it, that would have helped was one too. down the middle of the field. That was bad. There was the interception that uh, I believe Traquan Smith was kind of got wrestled away from. So, I mean, we talked about new Orleans as a value to win the super bowl uh, last week. Talked about new England as well. Both of those teams won. So, uh, division games are hard to win by multiple scores. So, you know, it, probably good for New Orleans to uh, rebound. They do play Thursday uh, against Atlanta, a team that's smarting now after losing to Jameis and the Bucks. Okay, so let's stick with the NFC then. San Francisco or New Orleans? I still think it's New Orleans because if we're going to spend all this time bashing Green Bay for being a no-show and being a fraud, then beating up on them is impressive but probably doesn't move the needle nearly as much as we think just based upon the 37-8 yeah. score. New Orleans sort of won a won a game uh, that was close and sort of tested them a little bit, and we liked them going into the week. So I, I would still say New Orleans. Yeah, I, I've been on the New Orleans bandwagon for a while. Here's what I will say about this: my San Francisco 49ers and our march to the the uh, beaches of Miami in the Super Bowl is that the the way. The Niners can beat anyone so long as their tackles are average. Okay. And if so, if that happens, they can beat anybody. And as great as Drew Brees is, as wonderful as he is, the Niners have sort of the perfect situation to beat up on him. Okay. To give him, to make him, you know, just to think about it just a little bit. And they have the athletes to cover Alvin Kamara, to cover Michael Thomas. I'm not worried about anyone else on that team. Yeah. And what we saw with the Niners passing offense, the Green Bay Packers defense played pretty decently, right? But the Niners offense with Kittle and Sanders and Debo Samuel is is actually legit. And it comes down to if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw, you know, yeah. picks, right? Yep. But if if he's not terrified about his tackles, just getting whipped on every single play to me, they can beat anyone. So I, I think the the San Francisco 49ers are closing the gap on new Orleans. And I would have said hands down it's new Orleans a week ago. I'm not saying I that now close. breeze today was interestingly nine of nine for 98 yards and a touchdown on 11 dropbacks when pressured 149 passer rating. He was struggled. As you said, throwing deep 
middle deep left. Um, but you know, for me, the, the saints defense is interesting because I do think that they can do some things that affect the Niners, specifically the fact that they can pressure with Cameron Jordan and, uh, um, uh, the guy they drafted in the first round last year, that's exciting Marcus Davenport. And then Demario Davis, their middle linebacker, I think is a very good player who can match up, you know, with the tight ends and the backs pretty well. So, Hopefully we get this in the NFC championship game. Those are the two best teams and they're, you know, the most compelling. Um, and as of right now, it will be played in San Francisco. Where were the C- uh, How far back are the Seahawks? No, I, th- it's interesting, right? Because we always talk about the Seahawks weaknesses and they they have them and but they're six and oh on the road and they and they, they do this thing where they come, you know, they beat teams and they, they win games. Even, you know, when people think they're a fraud, they weren't favored until all the injury news uh, with respect to the Eagles. I mean, they're probably half a maybe well, a quarter of a standard deviation below these two teams. I don't think that they're that far away, especially with Russell Wilson. So they're what? Five point underdogs, four and a half point underdogs on a neutral field against these two teams. They are three point underdogs. Okay. Right, just like we saw on Monday night, they were six point dogs to San Francisco. I think that that probably carries. I think it's a little less. I think Russell Wilson's just that good. Russell Wilson's made uh, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson made a throw today on that uh, toss toss back down the middle and double coverage. That was just he made. There's no one else making that throw. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sure as heck wasn't making that throw. He had a couple deep passes that should have been caught by Metcalf and company as well. That that game would have been more spread out. Had, had those, had his deep passes been caught. He also had that throw to Hollister where he missed it by, he he missed it by a foot. So I, I think they're that, that NFC is getting jumbled up. And then on the AFC side, the, can we talk for one second? Where's Minnesota? I think Minnesota, well, we'll find out next week, but Minnesota and Seattle play on Monday Night Football. I think Minnesota is at least on par with Green Bay, probably on par with Seattle at this point, don't you think? I'd agree they're on par with Green Bay. I think they're worse than Seattle. Okay. And the reason for that is Kirk Cousins. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Right. I don't think we'll find we'll find out where the betting markets say. I don't think either one has a good defense. No, Um, not anymore. They all have some issues on offense and if you said, hey, you have one drive and you score a touchdown and you look at Kirk Cousins and you look at Russell Wilson, it's just like it's not yeah, even close. For sure. Um, on the AFC side, you've got the Patriots and then we're going to find out what the Ravens you know, can do on the road after having just beat up on teams over and over and over again. They play the Rams. Let's talk about Monday night real quick. Right now, three and a half is what the Rams are getting. At home. I can't believe we're saying that. Yeah. But the Rams are getting three and a half points at home. Talk me out of betting the Rams getting three and a half points at home. Well, you would just be going against the market, right? Because this this has been at three plus 100 for the Rams, minus 120 for the Ravens all week. And it takes a decent amount to move that off of, you know, three to three and a half, even though, you know, even though the juice, uh, you know, is now minus 110. But like, for me, it's just one of those things where do you want to be against where I'm guessing the money is being bet, which is the Ravens, you know, but that that's, you know, a random walk. Right. So if you like the Rams, I think, you, you know, you bet them here. Uh, we've we talked about this on the podcast on Thursday last week where it's, you know, the Rams, I think, have the athletes and have the uh, players up front 
uh, to play defense against the Ravens. The question becomes with uh, Brandon Cooks back with Robert Woods. I'm not sure about him right now, um, but Cooper Cup, obviously, and then the emergence of Gerald Everett. Hopefully he's healthier this week than he was last week. And with an, uh, an offensive line that's one more week in co- you know cahoots with each other, does that does that make the Rams offense able to sort of keep up? Here's to me, the, it's all about the Rams offense. Yeah, here's the way I think of it with Jared Goff. So Russell Wilson's a great example of this. Russell Wilson can, has these games where he's terrible. But you never lose hope with Russell Wilson. It's like, man, he could be down three scores. And as long as Matt LaFleur is not over there milking clock, like this guy can put it together and just single-handedly get you back in it. Yep. When Jared Goff has those games... You it's may over. as well pack up and it's go over. home, man, because that guy, I love Jared Goff, but when, when, it gets, when it gets ugly, it is horrifyingly ugly. And the Ravens are a team that have been making the ugly happen for a lot of teams, right? That's kind of been their MO. It's like, oh, you're going to poop the bed? Ravens are here to make sure it happens, right? It happened. I mean, they did it to New England. And that's what worries me is you just like never have a shot. And that's what you're always hoping for. If you have a dog, right? Like I, this live dog, I've got Jared Goff. He's going to, and I, the Rams just don't give me that vibe, but I do think it is a value at three and a half at home. I wouldn't expect the uh, Ravens. Yeah. I was just looking at at what you had on green line. I was um, in terms of this is a game too, where I think if you look at the total at 47 and a half, this could be another game, much like what we saw in Sunday Night Football last week, where the over has no freaking chance, and you know it yeah, by yeah, the second quarter. Yeah. Or uh, Lamar Jackson has uh, three touchdowns, in and the first Marcus quarter. Peters runs a pick, another interception down the left sideline, and the game, and the under doesn't have a chance. So uh, that'll be an interesting, um, you know, one uh, for tonight uh, with the you know Ravens trying to sort of keep their supremacy in the AFC. The Rams just trying to stay in it in the NFC. Right. I mean, just hoping for a prayer. It'll be a real bad look for the Sean McVay coaching tree if LaFleur just gets blasted yeah. by Kyle Shanahan in, in San Francisco. Well, Zach Taylor's all in 11. Zach Taylor's, you know, the poor guy. And then, uh, you know, the Rams will be out of it if, you know, they lose this yeah, game. Sure. So they've got to get a win here. It'll be, I'm really looking forward to seeing this game. If, if McVay, I'll be interested to see if McVay can make some decisions that can come close to John Harbaugh because John Harbaugh is going to make a lot of bold calls yeah. that are going to put you behind even further if you're not willing to make the same uh, same level of decision. So it'll yep. be interesting to see. Uh, ready to get into the games? Yeah. We, we, we move on to week, thir- week 13. So uh, real quick, before we do so, a little reminder here that uh, starting tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this, uh, there is going to be a PFF cyber sale. It's going to run through the following Monday, which is in December. So you can use promo code CYBER40 to save 40%. On an Edge and Elite annual subscription, which means that you get to use BFF Greenline for both college and pro. That's a ton of games. Bowl season's coming up, as I've told you before. It's the only way to actually get through the bowl season. Yeah. Um, so uh, use promo code Cyber Forty C Y B E R Forty. It saves you forty percent. I'm sure people will tweet that out, but I just had to get that in there. All right, Thanksgiving games. Uh, what's the ideal game? Say you say you we didn't have Sunday night football. What's the ideal game to eat during? Oh, it's the it's the twelve thirty game. Because Detroit is like, I mean, I guess a couple of years ago we had a pick on Detroit Minnesota, 
Um, I think a block field goal got called back. We lost. So it goes Chicago, Detroit is the is the one you're referring and that, to. That was, that's the one you eat during because that's the morning one. Because the probability that Detroit's game is or not morning but. is booty is pretty high. Yeah, but that's early in the day. Right, but I, well, we normally well, my family is always eaten around the noon time. Okay, I I would say it is uh, the latter, and here's why: if you eat during Chicago, Detroit, you are likely to be a, asleep during the next two games, which are generally better. So, what you should do is cook a little bit, you know, do some preparation. During Chicago, Detroit, yeah, have everyone ready to sit down and eat the next game. Bills, Cowboys at four thirty Eastern, one thirty on the West Coast. Yeah, you're on the West Coast. You're just living the dream because you've got you wake up to football. You know, you're maybe and then by a the piece time of football, pumpkin pie, football's over. There's still some time left in the day. You go out, yeah, you know, and uh, and party with all the people you don't want to see that you remember from high school. Wow. Uh, and then the, the night game is just too late to eat. So. To me, the ideal time if you're on the East Coast is 4.30, which is right at that Buffalo-Dallas yeah. uh, game. Let's start with Chicago-Detroit, though. So Stafford might be shut down. So I don't really know yeah. where to go with this. Let's assume Jeff Driscoll plays. What did you say uh, this would be? Yeah, I said minus 2.5 with Stafford is what I wrote. But then I think so. if you put – Driscoll's played a lot better than I think um, than people had envisioned. So if – I would say I'd flip it if Driscoll starts. So, so I would say Chicago minus two and a half uh, at Detroit if Driscoll starts. Yeah, I have Chicago, I had Detroit minus three with Stafford, which is about the same. What would so, you put with Driscoll? Um, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably flip it. Okay, yeah. So right now Chicago is favored by a point. Um, so kind of hedging the bets there, but it's minus one hundred five. Oh, it's kind of strange because yeah. Anyway, so. Minus 105 with Chicago. It's weird how the, the money line on bet online, it's actually more expensive to bet Detroit money line. Hmm. But Detroit's plus one right? than Chicago, which is Chicago minus one. So it's probably just a misprice there. But um, yeah, so Chicago's slightly favored here. Um, Chicago, you know, gave up. So in, in one sense, Chicago didn't cover this week. Um, but in another sense, it was because Daniel Jones threw a touchdown to Golden Tate on fourth and 23 to get the game 19-14. Right, uh, you know, Daniel Jones and company did have a, a one last shot to drive down and score. Did not. Chicago one went to five and six. Detroit lost to Washington um, so badly that uh, Dwayne Haskins uh, was taking selfies before the game. He was put over. the H back on his name. Yeah. Um, Detroit's defense is a lot worse than we thought it would be. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how much Mitch Trubisky can take advantage of it. Uh, total on this game is 39. I really hope that, that I would probably bet the under here, frankly, given yeah. the short week and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know what side do you like a side here? You think Chicago wins? I just, I don't have a ton of faith in Chicago here. Here's what I'll say for, for right now. So, right. You know, so one of our win totals this year that we bet was nine and a half Chicago under, Right. Chicago has six losses right now. The seventh would win that bet in, in situations like this, where you basically bet on Chicago to win the game. You can continue like Chicago is going to, you know, probably lose one of these games down the stretch. So, but you can continue to kind of get a middle here if you continue to bet Chicago. So if you want to hedge the Chicago under, this is an opportunity since it is a game where they are basically just pick a winner. 
Yeah. I'm going to assume there are people out there that didn't follow us on the. Okay. But if Chicago you do. Under. Yeah. Yeah. If sure. <laughs> if you're lucky enough to have the Chicago under, which is uh, did not cash this week. Yeah. Soon. The, the thing with Chicago is their their defense can take advantage of the Jeff Driscoll mistakes. Yep. Without a doubt. Um, and Mitch Trubisky could also just show up and lay a complete egg yep. on Thanksgiving morning. So that worries me a little bit. I got to think Stafford comes back and plays in this game and just kind of Herculean. You know, yeah, because that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah, Buffalo goes to Dallas. This is a pretty good game. Um, I when I saw the schedule, came, you know, when it came out with Buffalo Dallas, I was like, man, it's kind of a stinker. Like I would have liked to see, yeah, a something real. a little better for Buffalo Dallas or than Buffalo Dallas. That you know, a team come into Dallas that actually is good, and lo and behold, Buffalo kind of frisky right they'll have josh allen he'll be throwing picks he'll be running for first downs looks like mo schrute when he runs yep and dallas has to i mean they've got to win this game right because it's a team that they should beat on thanksgiving yeah after that you know a lot of questionable decisions they look like they they were unprepared um i have dallas is a six-point favorite in this game i said it was five and a half and it is currently seven so an interesting thing, because we had Dallas going into the day as our ninth-ranked ELO team. We had Buffalo at 19th. Um, so if you, look at, if you look at this particular game, like maybe seven points is warranted, but I don't know. My initial, in, it, my initial inclination is, th- is to think that Buffalo plus seven would be a good bet this week. What say you? I agree. And the reason that I agree is that um, the the Dallas defense gets overhyped a lot. To me, that's why this is higher than we think it should be, yep. is that people believe that the Dallas defense is loaded. And they really aren't that loaded. I mean, Lane Banner's is going to miss again, but he hasn't played that as well this season. A lot of guys on that team have regressed defensively. It just happens. So uh, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, so in, it'll be interesting to see what our model ends up saying. Uh, so make sure you, you you get yourself an elite subscription and look at that. Um, New Orleans Falcons, a tradition unlike any other God. Thanksgiving. If we make this a tradition, I'm going to, I'm not going to like it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, it would have been cool if Atlanta had won this week and still had a, a fighting chance. They do not anymore. And are three and eight. And uh, they're playing for pride. So I have the Atlanta Falcons getting six points at home. Yeah, I I said Atlanta would be seven and a half point underdogs at home. Uh, and it looks like it's seven, um, but you're going to have to lay a little bit more to bet the seven with Atlanta. So yeah. people are reacting a little bit more to the Saints struggles against Carolina, it looks like, than the Falcons struggles at home against Tampa Bay, which is interesting. I think people have a bigger opinion of Tampa Bay than maybe even we do in the betting markets. Yeah. Uh, If Atlanta wins that game though, I mean, they were favoring that game, right? I think it's six and a half if they're, if if they win that game Really? and well, but okay. But what if the saints were to, would have covered the nine and a half. So saints win by 14, let's say Falcons win by a touchdown against Tampa Bay. I think the spread's about the same. Okay. I will be interested to see if Atlanta just lays down now that they've got no shot. 
or are they like fighting for eight yeah. and eight for Dan Quinn? I think they try to ruin New Orleans season New Orleans at least season. this one time and then just get absolutely. Remember last Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. where Atlanta was 13 and a half point underdogs. New Orleans won by 14, but it, but Atlanta had like like three fumbles in the red zone. All yeah. this kind of Atlanta nonsense. It was the most Falcons game ever. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it ends up uh, uh, this, this go around. So let's say you're sitting there Thanksgiving morning and you're like, I've got 20 bucks. I'm going to go a little parlay. Just, you know, just I don't care about this 20 bucks, but just maybe, you know, yeah. I can get them all right. All right. I go Buffalo plus seven. Uh, under 45 in that game. And then under 39 in Detroit, Chicago. <laughs> I, wow. I stay away from Atlanta as a, as a point of principle. What's the total in New Orleans, Atlanta? 49 and a half, which I think is probably pretty good. I think um, we'll probably be on the under there. Yeah, I actually really like the under in that game. So I would do Buffalo uh, plus seven as well. I would probably go under on New Orleans, Atlanta, and uh, and take Detroit plus one because you think Stafford's going to play. Yeah, no, not bad. There you go. Uh, Sunday. All right, we have four really good games on Sunday. Uh, two of them are in prime time. The other one is San Francisco at Baltimore. Let's start there. Incredible game because the. Even though the Niners defense probably isn't as good as the Patriots, I don't know, maybe yeah. they are, but they have more athletes. And this is the defense that you want to see match up against Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense yep. because you would expect Robert Sala to be pretty pumped up for this matchup. Um, when do you think he's not pumped up for matchup? Though? I don't know, man. You think that, that, that guy watches action on Tuesday? I got to imagine. I got to imagine this guy gets up at like 5 a.m. in those games two-hour workout, just pouring sweat. You know how The Rock wakes up at like 4.30 and is just drenched in sweat within 25 minutes? He heats his gym up? Yeah, yeah. That's Robert Sala. But he doesn't have to heat his gym up. He probably does. He heats it up himself. That dude volunteers to watch Maxion games on Tuesday nights just just to scout players and and is at least half chub the whole time. All right, this is interesting. So it's in Baltimore. What do you think the spread is? Uh, two and a half Baltimore. Okay. Uh, I, having done this before, San Francisco absolutely obliterated Green Bay, have Baltimore minus three and a half. And you, let me look. Uh, is it not there because they don't play it? They haven't played yet. Okay. Yeah, I'll, you uh, might have to, you might have to find a different, you know, alternative place to get involved can't believe they don't post them. Um, Baltimore minus four and a half before Sunday Night Football. Okay. All right. So I could see this coming down uh, a smidge here. I mean, would you take San Francisco in the points? I would say at four and a half. Four and a half, I certainly would. Yeah, obviously. I I would too. Um, I think, yeah, the interesting thing about San Francisco is I think we properly handicapped them all season until – I mean, basically, this week was the first time, and even then, it was because the betting markets went ahead and liked San Francisco so much yep. that we came on the other side. Um, this might be a place where, you know, sort of two teams that are sort of overvalued, they're like peaking maybe a little too early. And I think people love the Ravens more than they love the Niners. And so maybe there's some value in the Niners, even though both teams, I think, a little overvalued. 
um, just because of when they're peaking. Yeah, it's interesting. The Niners are successful almost in spite of their quarterback play. And the Ravens are successful because of the offense they've built around their quarterback yeah. play. And so I think the the market will react more favorably to uh, Lamar Jackson. And this this offense is just unstoppable. Um, and the Niners are the Niners are in sort of a, a good spot here, right? They 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 blew out a team. Yeah, they are galvanized now. No one got injured in that game. Oh. Kittle and Sanders are both back. Yeah, uh, maybe they've gotten a little more continuity on the O line, and the Ravens have to play a Rams team fighting for their life on Monday night, and then travel back. Yeah, they're they're also playing with house's money at this point, right? Because if you would have told any Niners fan, okay, the worst case scenario for you in this three game stretch is one and two, you would have probably been like, oh, that sucks. You know, that's not the perfect world, but. At least we can go zero and three. Yeah, exactly. And and if you win one of these two games, it's a it's a resounding success when it comes to at Ravens and then at Saints. You won the first game convincingly against a team that's hunting you down for that number one seed. Yeah. And so I think that they play a little bit more loose. Whereas the Ravens still are staring up at the New England Patriots for the one seed in the AFC and looking down at Kansas City, who has a tiebreaker against them and is getting healthy coming off of a bye. On the flip side. The Niners have the Saints the following week in a game that is, even if they lose this game, what really matters in terms of getting home field. So it could also be it a trap be game. Either side. If yeah. if facing a, one of the best teams in the NFL can ever be a trap game. What worries me about Jimmy G and the Niners on the road here is that the Ravens defense is super aggressive. So can you burn them? Yes, absolutely. But they blitz a ton and... Jimmy G leads the NFL in interceptions against the blitz yeah. and leads the NFL in turnover where they play rate under pressure. And like we've seen the skittishness out of him yeah. and the Ravens will take those to the house. And if you get behind on the Ravens, like good luck. Right. But on the flip side, if you get ahead of the Ravens, we actually don't know how they'll respond. Sure. Um, and the thing about the Niners that's awesome is that they manufacture open receivers probably better than anybody in the league. A and the Ravens are a team. Where are they strong? They're strong in coverage. You can beat them up in the front seven. And if you're above average at manufacturing open receivers, you're going to have a better chance against the Ravens than anybody else. And I think that so this will be a great game. I can't the, wait to watch it. The Niners are, are the only team. I tweeted this out. The Niners are the only team that run play action 30 plus percent of the time and actually rank in the top five in yards per play on play action. Like they do it a lot. And, and in there, really good. They crush you. All right. Uh, the game that you are waiting for, the Oakland Raiders, who were trapped more than any teams. What's bigger than a trap? Yeah. Because that's what happened to them in New York, right? They know they're going to go play Kansas City. Yep. I don't know. They, they know intrinsically, I'm sure, that if w they win that game, they you know, then that game against Kansas City is for, uh, you know, the division, basically. All the marbles. And they can't figure it out. And they get train wrecked by Sam Darnold. Yeah, we ended up with a small edge on New York Jets plus 160, which was a uh, a small <laughs> one win in a cloud full of losses. But that was, um, that was a game where you look at Sam Darnold, right? And we talked about this last week. Sam Darnold has a lot of redeemable traits. And when you can 
get him in a situation where he's not playing from behind. You get him in a situation where you protect him. You get him in a situation where you're efficient on early downs. He can look very good. And Sam Darnold looked very good today. And he's looked good in all three of the Jets wins the last three weeks. Let me stop you there. If you put me out there against the Raiders defense, I will look good. Yeah, right. But sure. Sam Donald is well equipped to handle amateurish yeah. uh, defensive yeah. uh, schemes. But we were talking, we talked about the Raiders last week on the podcast and how their, their draft class was this, like we, we should all be like getting on our knees for Todd McShay over the last, like Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock. Same that came in. That's great. Mike, Mike Mayock, the last like, but I see. And like now look, he like, they right. can't get pressure. Raiders, Kansas city. What do you think the threat is in this game? Uh, seven and a half. Yes, that is exactly what I said. And it's 10. Wow. Wow. And, but you, you get a, you can, you only have to lay a hundred dollars to win a hundred to bet Kansas. City. Okay. So are you going to bet Oakland getting, Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think this is a game. I think this is. Yes. And here's the reason why. The Chiefs are not good enough defensively to lay more than two scores with. Hmm. They're just they're just not. I I agree. And I think they're not good enough defensively, but their offense also there's too much unknown here. Though. Hasn't been like super great yeah. either. There's too much unknown, right? Eric Fisher was horrible in his return from action uh, to action against the Los Angeles Chargers. Tyreek Hill got hurt in that game. The running backs are just bleh. like Travis Kelsey has not had the season that he's had before. The the wide you know Sammy Watkins as well. Like again, so, to me, this just is a game where Kansas City gets out to a lead. And Oakland does Oakland like crap back. the rest of the game and they lose by eight. And we're all if you bet Kansas City minus the points, you're yeah. you're mad at yourself because, you know, here's the thing. We're going to hear about this 20 times this week. Andy Reid coming off by, you know, how yeah. fantastic he is right when he has extra days to to prepare and all this stuff. And. Um, and the Oakland defense is just a joke i mean they just don't they don't even yeah so i agree with you uh but i but i am what do, what do you think about the total here 54 and a half over i'm not gonna put the under okay i think yes i mean anytime kansas city's in the game the under is a tough play but i, I mean, do the think, jets scored yeah but that game went under yes <laughs> because Derek Carr can lay an egg playing in the rain in was it new york was it raining? I, I, yes, it I was thought it raining. Was, well, anyway, but we 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 knew last week, right? Like Oakland plays kind of like they try to play ball control games. The last game between Kansas City and, and Oakland, the Chiefs scored four touchdowns in a quarter, and the game went under by two touchdowns. Like again, there are there are going to be a decent number of cases where the Chiefs don't play up to expectation offensively, as we just talked about, and then the Raiders play slow. I that's I'll let you uh, you'll let me sail the on the under, yeah, uh, on your own. Uh, all right, Sunday Night Football is the New England Patriots going back to NRG Stadium where they had a fairly important win once upon a time uh, against Houston, Texas. What do you have this one at? I said Houston would be getting four and a half. 
I have Houston getting three. And you are right. Houston is plus three, plus 100, and New England is minus three, minus 120. Yeah. Total on the game, 44 and a half. So this is interesting. The Patriots have won two games against the Eagles, who suck, and the Cowboys, who couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah, the Cowboys. They needed a touchdown thrown by a wide receiver, and then Jason Garrett refusing to do anything but try and cover the game to win those two games. Yeah. So if there was ever a time that Deshaun Watson was going to get over the hump, this is it. But at the same time, Houston has looked disheveled and all over the place, and their defense stinks. So if there was a time for Tom Brady to get right, this would be it as well. The best matchup of the week, and I and I don't I don't think it's actually particularly close, is Stephon Gilmore versus DeAndre Hopkins. Right. That's the best matchup of the entire week. I think if DeAndre Hopkins can make plays individually on the outside, um, then then New England's defensive brilliance is less accentuated um, than than when we go into the game we you know previously think about because Deshaun Watson can get out of pressure he can make brilliant throws Will Fuller as we saw on Thursday night is a great down the field player and is a great complimentary weapon they use tight ends extremely well so there is a there is a sample path of game sample paths of games where Houston can score. And and New England, we have not been able, we have not seen them as a juggernaut offensively, right? So if Houston can score, it's going to stress uh, New England um, and and make it tough on them. But here's the thing: Gilmore today, right? Amari Cooper caught zero passes today, yes. Even though he was locked up on Gilmore, and again, the rain was a thing, obviously. But it didn't keep a guy, you know. It didn't keep like Michael Gallup from making plays. It didn't keep. Uh, you know, uh, the, you know, Edelman and uh, Jacoby Myers on the other side for making plays. Gilmore was a terrific today an interception, a pass breakup. If he can lock down Deandre Hopkins, I think it makes the game extremely difficult uh, for, uh, you know, for uh, the Houston Texans. That's interesting. Cause the thing that I actually, this game to me is all about whether Deshaun Watson can run the ball effectively because I assume that Stephon Gilmore and that coverage unit, they're going to make things pretty tough. And the one thing that Deshaun Watson can add is that read option game. And if he can all of a sudden stress that pass rush with all the, you know, kind of run fakes, that to me can be the edge that gets them um, some more passing yards downfield. I mean, that's what Baltimore did. Here's the tough part about an offense like Houston's, right? An offense like Houston's, is not like I would I don't consider them a successful offense, right? They don't they don't make play after play after play after play the way New England does and some of those more efficient offenses. They get the chunk plays, right? They get the big the down the field plays and that's how they score. And if if Gilmore can avoid giving those up, I just don't think that they can cross the street that many times on offense. Tune in Sunday night to see if they can cross the street. 49, uh, sorry, not 49ers, but Monday Night Football. Minnesota goes to Seattle. Uh, Minnesota coming off of a bye. Seattle coming off of sort of a bye because the Eagles didn't really try very hard to win the football game. Um, Seattle playing at home, uh, always like a real thing. Uh, And then Russell Wilson is also pretty good. So what do you have to say? Um like a, yeah, we talked about this earlier. I think Seattle and Minnesota are similar uh, on a neutral field, and I think Seattle's home field advantage is three and a half. So I said Seattle three and a half. I have Seattle by three, and that is what it is. Actually, 
towards Minnesota a little bit to bet Minnesota, you have to lay one fifteen. So this would imply that Minnesota and Seattle are basically equally power ranked uh, on a Minnesota field. coming off a buy. I think so. I had a three and a half, and then you kind of I adjusted a little bit because I think Minnesota is well rested, and um, Seattle had to go play, you know, in Philadelphia. So okay. this they're th- about the same though on a neutral field, wouldn't you say? I, I would agree, and and this game's super interesting because they're both teams that are like, well, if we just get into the tournament, you know, we can beat anybody. But I don't know if I. Which which one is more of a sleeper in your mind? Like can beat anybody Seattle. really? Seattle. I mean, the Wilson. I mean, Seattle six and zero this year on the road already. Um, Seattle's one road playoff games before with Wilson, right? Um, they've, you know, we have not seen a team, you know, since Russell Wilson's rookie year to go, you know, through the playoffs and make the Super Bowl without a bye. Um, but it, to, to to be able to do it, you need a quarterback like Russell Wilson. Um, and to me, like Kirk cousins has been awesome. He's the best quarterback in that division right now. Um, but he is not, I, I, I can't, I can't see him winning three games on the road for what it's worth. Russell Wilson was under pressure 12 times, took six sacks and went one for five and had one run. So like, they didn't play well today. This was his, you know, one of his worst games. Now at the same time, he was you know, really great from a clean pocket, made a couple of really nice throws, particularly that, uh, those couple down the middle, uh, deep middle. So those are the, those are the things that when, if you see Kirk cousins take six sacks, there's zero chance they win the game. Whereas Russell Wilson can take six sacks and they can win the game. I think that's how I would put it. Yeah. I mean, when I take from this game is that like Seattle, Seattle's defense can play well against an offense. that's bad of those, uh, good games. Any of the, that uh, jump out of you like I might at him tonight uh, this morning. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I mean, hmm. I I would say if I would say San Francisco, if, if you can still get the plus four and a half, I don't know if that'll be available after Sunday Night Football. Um, if if that's not the case, I'm I probably would would take the ten points with Oakland uh, coming off of a disappointing week. Yeah, I think you're getting too many there. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I, I mean, what would that spread be if they won? Like, let's say, well, they won by a touchdown against the Jets, and, the, and yeah. these two teams have the same record. Well, that's that's what I thought it would be, right? I thought they would win that game, and it would be six and a half. Yeah. So that that's why I think Oakland is um a nice one. As much as I love my Niners, all right, these are the games that are bad, and so we're going to go quickly through them. Tennessee at Indianapolis. I have the Indianapolis Colts getting four or sorry, uh, four, as four and a half point favorites. And I had Jackson. Or, sorry. I had uh, Indianapolis. Sorry. It's late. Minus two and a half. Um, and what do we have here? Wow. Minus two and a half. So you think Tennessee is better than Indy? I do. Well, no, I, yeah, I do because I, I you know, even what, wait, what, I think te- going into this week, you woke up this morning and you're like, hey, Tennessee is better than Indianapolis. I, so at, at consistently reproducible things, yeah. I think Tennessee's defense is very good. I think Ryan Tannehill is the better of the two quarterbacks. And I think if they get ahead, Tennessee can stomp on another team. Like the both teams run the football too much. Tennessee does it better than Indy. And so... 
And the other thing I just like my thing with the Colts is that like they're getting the most out of Brissett, right? They're getting a lot out of Brissett, but Brissett's bad. Okay. Ryan Tannehill is leading the NFL in yards per attempt. Great. This is an amazing take by you. And I look forward to watching this game now because you've said this. Okay. Cause right Go now Colts. it's, it's Colts minus three. Go Colts. But to bet the Colts at minus three, you only have to lay one Oh five. Whereas Tennessee, it's minus 115. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a reaction a, to Tennessee winning by 100 today. Yeah, but in the, well, we, we, we saw what Indianapolis didn't do on Thursday Night Football. Sure, it's Thursday night. Colts are better than the Titans. I cannot believe that you have, you have just punted on, your, on our Colts, no, honestly. I, I like the Colts long-term. Not more than Tennessee. I like the Colts long-term. Okay. But like Tennessee, like... I don't All right, here we go. We're moving on. Well, what do you think the model will say? If it's two and a half, it'll like the Colts. Okay. I think if it's if it's three like it is now, then I think it's... it'll like Tennessee and we won't go for it because we know that Tennessee will lose because Tennessee is the type of team that loses these types of games and wins the game today. Against but they're the better, te- better than Indianapolis, in your opinion. What has Indianapolis done? What has Tennessee done? besides win games that no one cares about and then get clobbered whenever someone gets excited about them. I can't believe we've talked about the Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts have lost to the, to the dolphins at home. They lost to Pittsburgh and Mason Rudolph. Who was the quarterback in the game? You tell me what, what's the difference. All right, here we go. We're moving on. What's the difference in the spread between Hoyer and Brissett? A significant amount. Brian Hoyer played like one of the worst games in NFL history in that game. Jacoby Brissett is not. Like, All right. You you have flip-flopped an incredible amount. Jacoby Brissett an is. An incredible amount. Let me look at this. I mean, I, I like Jacoby as a concept, but he's averaging 6.8 yards per pass attempt. Uh-huh. Like, I agree that he's better than Hoyer, certainly. But he's not like. We're not talking about an upper half of the league starter. We're talking right. about we're a not talking about Ryan Tannehill here. Bottom third of the league starter. I'm talking about a, a man like Ryan Tannehill, who wasn't even good enough for the Dolphins. Uh, Tampa Bay goes to Jacksonville. We're spending ten seconds on this game. I have Jacksonville favored by three, two and a half, and it is. One and a half. Yeah, because Jacksonville got stomped on today. That is well, and Tampa Bay won. In, yeah. In, uh, yeah. Great. Um, you seem annoyed at this idea that I can't the AFC that. South deserved some breath. I, 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 yeah, I am, I'm honestly very mad that we spent three minutes of sleep talking about Tennessee. Because they don't deserve it. They're bad. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 you should wear it. You should be forced to wear one of the Titans jerseys that you hate so much. Well, uh, next Sunday, their uniforms are a little woke. Titans flag. Their uniforms are woke, but I was instead of the San Antonio Commodores, you just get a nice Titans. Uh, they have some sweet designs on it. Commanders. Green Bay oh, is going to the New York Giants, and I have the New York Giants getting five and a half points at home. I have the Giants getting nine and a half points at home. And you you might have to look because it's not up here after Sunday night football. Seven and a half before Sunday night football. Um, I would be interested to see if that is adjusted at all. Probably not. If it's seven and a half, I'm going to lay it with Green Bay. 
Yeah. Daniel Jones. Cool. Daniel Jones can't cover the spread here for the same reasons that Kansas City can, which is that the back door. Kansas City leaves the back door wide open. Daniel Jones shuts it more often than he doesn't. The Miles Garrett revenge game bowl played by Duck Hodges. I love how this. I love how they 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 put the game on the board despite the fact that doesn't they don't even know if you know Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph, Tommy Lorenz's boyfriend plays in this game. Oh. Uh, is it Tommy? Is that her name? Yeah. God, I'm so glad I don't care about politics. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Your spread. I have Pittsburgh laying two and a half. Pittsburgh by three. It is Pittsburgh plus one. Wow. They are. I kind of like it. I honestly like Cleveland here after this this week's games. Yeah. Like Mason Rudolph, like we talked about last week, Mason Rudolph was the worst quarterback in that game today. Right. And and. Like if Duck plays instead of him, it's not going to be that much better. Duck, <laughs> like his name should start with F. Yeah, I mean, I expected a much uh, better performance by Pittsburgh. Um, that being said, in Pittsburgh, after what Miles Garrett attempted to do their quarterback, this this is going to be one heck of a physical game. I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah, and if I did take. Mike Tomlin or Freddie Kitchens in a battle of physicality. I'll tell you right now who I'm taking. I'm telling you, once if those two were in a wrestling match, Kitchens would win. Though he'd kill Tomlin. He'd what? Lay, he'd lay on him. This is even worse than your Titans Colts take. This is the most heinous take I have ever heard. One guy's a sumo wrestler and the other guy's a human. It wouldn't even require them to get physical in any way because Freddie Kitchens would be galloping as fast as he can gallop, which isn't very fast in the other direction from one look. One look is all it takes from Mike Tomlin. Freddie kitchens is you're telling me kitchens. (laughs) You're telling me kitchens is smart enough to understand what that look means. Yes. I see. I animal instinct. It's like how he reacts to chili. Favorably. Apparently. I don't know. I, I would say if, if he just lays on you, I think game's over. It's like thumb wars between me and my dog. You daughter. can't Once just lay on someone on. that's standing up. Right? Yeah, I think you can get them down if you're bigger. How, how would he do this? Or th- this, is, this is worse than your Titans Colts take. This is an amazingly bad take. Fre- Freddie Kitchens versus Mike Tomlin. I'm not going to fight. You're going to be wearing half of a Titans jersey and half of a Freddie Kitchens dog pound jacket. I'm not fighting week. a water buffalo, okay? That's a, a disgrace to a water buffalo, which if is a I'm good... Tomlin. My lord. The Los Angeles Rams go to Arizona to face the Cardinals. I have the Cardinals and Kyler Murray getting three points at home. I have the Cardinals getting six and a half. Wow. And they are getting four. So I have three and a, yeah, three and a half here. Um, so you like the Rams. You would take the Rams in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I. Yeah, I think the I think that there is, you know, the Cardinals are sort of like going to be overvalued for playing the Niners tough two out of the last three weeks coming off a buy and coming off stuff. a buy and all that kind of stuff. I think the Rams, okay, the Rams are going to be off a little bit of short rest, all that kind of stuff. But 
I, I think the Rams are probably better than what they've shown over the last month. So I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a tough, though, because four is a key number. You have to win by, you know, basically a touchdown to cover that. So I don't think I'd actually bet the Rams here, but uh, I certainly had them handicapped higher in my own mind. Yeah, I can kind of get on board with it. I have this just vision of the Rams always destroying the Cardinals, and that's tough to get out. Yeah, but the at defense the same time, is atrocious. Right. But at the same time, the Cardinals are just that team that like Jordan Hicks would Jordan Hicks would would get flattened by a fullback named Freddie Kitchens. Correct. The uh, Los Angeles Clippers go to Denver to face the Nuggets, uh, which should be a really high scoring affair. Not. Uh, I have got. Where is this game? Uh, I can't find it. Go first. I I had did a pick them. That's what I had too. And it is a pick them. Nice. Does that? Are you serious? The Chargers are not three points better than the Broncos. I don't really. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Phil Rivers has looked rough. Who's the quarterback of the Chargers next season? I think it's a, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, I like that. That's Dude, a good Keenan one. Keenan Allen's like a great. You're Teddy rebounding Bird. now. You had two of the worst takes in the history of the universe, and now you're rebounding. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a big t- like you said. You hate politics. I'm gonna, I'm gonna resort to this. I'm gonna say that's your opinion. Anytime somebody tries to bring up facts, well, that that's, that's your, your opinion. opinion. My girlfriend puts like CNN on just out of habit. Well, just to spite you, I would. And <laughs> it's the funniest. It's the funniest thing in the world. I don't even watch that stuff anymore. Hey, let's get a panel of 15 idiots to spit at each other. I can't believe it. And she like she puts on white noise, but I like actually like, I'm like, what is this? It's, it's comedy is what it is. If you have, if you like, I like Sam a lot. We'll talk, yeah. But if, if you, if you've gotten so desensitized to the point where that stuff is white noise, like more worried, you know oh. what I mean? Yeah. Just because it's like, like imagine us like, well, she, you know, it'd be like the reason it's white noise is that, she's like working on it. That's what I'm saying. Like it must be, it must be, it must be somewhat, you must be somewhat calloused at the idea that like, Oh, these people just lie for a living. Right. It's like, you know, uh, Holy God, dude, we're just Washington, Carolina. This is the, uh, this is the bowl before the Carolina Panthers existed. People in the Carolinas rooted for Washington. Did you know that? What's the spread in this game? I, I said Carolina would be six and a half point favorites. I said Carolina would be nine and a half point favorites. And it's 10. So you're more right than I am. Good. Next game, Philadelphia at Miami. These games suck. I said Miami would be nine and a half point home underdogs. Uh, wow. We differ greatly here. I have Miami four and a half getting four and a half. It is seven and a half. Uh, the Dolphins were spunky today, by the way. They tried. They tried. Philadelphia not did not try. <laughs> would you under what circumstances would you lay the points here with the Eagles? Under no circumstances. Under no circumstances. The worst game in the history of games, the New York Jets are going to be here in Cincinnati playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And I said that the New York Jets would be uh, favorites of some kind. If I could actually find a game three and a half point favorites. Wow, you're actually you're correct. I said six and a half, and I'm thinking to myself, the are the because the the Jets are way better than the Bengals though. But I, yeah, I I agree with the way that I agree with the, what the numbers converge to. I'm just 
I don't know. I, you must have watched the Jets beat the crap out of the Raiders no. in your mind. And then no, I, I honestly think Darnold's played well. Yeah. Over the last like I think Darnold's a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL and he's rounding into form. As and I've I think been the saying, Bengal, the Bengals play were spunky today. The right? Bengals are just Chase Young away from domination like the Raiders were Cleo Mack away. All right. That is our podcast. It is 1252, almost 1 uh, 1 a.m. here on the East Coast. Um, I'm going to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, even though we're going to see each other multiple times. We wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any Thanksgiving confessions? Uh, Well, I watched way too much college football yesterday. I was going to say I want to check in on your resolution to stop watching so much college football. Well, cause, but the games were good and I didn't, I wasn't like degenning flipping through. I just, I watched Penn state, the Ohio state, the hometown Buckeyes, you know, what else? and then I watched Georgia versus Texas A&M. And then I went to the Cincinnati temple game. That's with my right. wife. So I watched too much college football this weekend. You had a real day. And so then when today happened, it was, I was very like, I, I would say fatigued. And then like us not winning very many picks was also like just fatiguing. So maybe, so maybe this week, maybe not, less not having any action on Tuesday or Wednesday will be good for us. Be good for you. Cause you know who never watches action? This guy right here. How, how are you? How, how are you not going to be schooled? How are you going to be schooled on who's going to play in the Belk bowl? If you're not watching Maction exactly on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the November month, I would put Maction and CNN on the same. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd rather watch Maction. I'd rather watch like bowling than CNN. I have no confessions. I I'm confessionless today. Wow. I've done nothing wrong. Now that's not true. Check in with me after Thanksgiving, where I will have eaten like pounds and pounds of sweets. But so far, I'm. I'm in good shape. I I have been very strict in my snacking recently. Remember that was one Same. of my confessions Same. lately was that I snack too much. I've been very strict. Same. Lowest I've weighed since high school, actually. Really? Same. Um, there you go. All right. That was our podcast. Make sure you check out the uh, cyber sale and um, we'll be writing two articles this week. One for the Thanksgiving games, one for the rest of the slate and The podcast will be up on uh, Wednesday. We'll be recording it on Wednesday morning uh, instead of Thursday. Peace out.